the first hour and it was just warming up really slow. And then we finished the lesson and I was like, yo, I feel good. I'm gonna just go do cork in now. And he goes, oh, nice, nice. And then three tries later, we just did cork in. <laughs> What's up, guys? Today's guest is a world-renowned trigger and the 12th person in the world to land Snatch Cannon. Please welcome to the Jamcast, Mr. Ethan Turner. What's up, dog? What's good? What's good? I'm stoked to be here. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I'm stoked we can make this happen because uh, we actually were going to meet up in person a month ago, and I was going to be at the session where you landed Snatch Cannon, and then I broke my knee off and had to go home early. Dude, how is your knee, by the way? Like, I, that must have been really, really bad if you used to, like, dip back to California back quick. It was crazy. Did you see the clip online, bro? Oh. No, I don't think so. Ooh, I'll have, I'll have to send it to you and put it on the screen right now. But, yeah, basically, I was at Camp Woodward with Bailey, and I jumped, like, a 10-foot like a gap, but I had brand-new shoes on, and I just slipped. And then I basically fell from seven feet straight on my kneecap. So... Sprained my MCL, crazy internal bruising. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going through PT right now like crazy, bro. Crazy. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, Jesus Christ. Glad you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm getting way too old to be doing this stuff. And it's, it's kind of funny, though, because like uh, the oldest video of you on your personal YouTube channel is actually called like camp woodward and it's you actually doing parkour as opposed to tricking yep 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 it's like the one parkour video still on my channel <laughs> so when you started your movement journey were you a parkour athlete first or were you a tricker first or kind of a, a fusion of both like when i was like five or six like i started like taekwondo and um i got like a black belt in that and i was like doing gymnastics at the time too and then when i was around like 12 I started uh, uh, parkour, and I was doing like parkour and freerunning for like two years, and I also joined like a tumbling team. I was doing like tramp and tumbling for a little bit, and then like I went to Rebel Throwdown in 2014, and that was like my first real exposure to tricking, and I was blown away. Instant, I was like, dude, this is it. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> dude, that is such a crazy thing, because yeah, that video of Woodward is you in 2014, and honestly, like no disrespect, but you look like a little kid. I don't even recognize you, bro. It's insane. <laughs> Yep, it's so funny to like look back and see the video. <laughs> uh, so when you went to Red Bull Throwdown, was there like a specific athlete that really inspired you and got you into tricking or was it just the overall atmosphere of the entire event? So the very first tricker I ever met actually, so when that video was filmed at Woodward, my cabin counselor was Adam Devonport and he was the first tricker I ever met. <laughs> no. He was like showing me like UTL videos and I was like, dude, this is crazy. Like he was just doing like really good tricks i think he taught me at a tdr that week um and then like later he like told me like come to ripple throwdown and like he introduced me like bailey and, like i saw like so many people at that event like oh my god like too many people to name but like everyone there was just throwing down i remember jacob pino and the whole thing um and dude oh my god just it was so sweet so sweet i was like this is like i was blown away by just the culture by just the athleticism and just, just the energy of that event i was like holy shit <laughs> What have I been missing out, dude? <laughs> Man, that is crazy. That's such a cool introduction. Adam's like such a good like ambassador for our sport. He's such a great guy to like introduce kids to it. And, and he's like someone that I really look up to in our community. He's been pushing it forever. Yep, yep, yep. Hell yeah. So dude, I, I had no idea that you had a black belt in Taekwondo. How many years did you study? And as a result of that, like when you got into tricking, were you into the kick tricks at first? Because a lot of the videos are you just like going after all the doubles and the triples and all the power moves, so to speak. 
So uh, I I think I did Taekwondo from like five years to like when I was like, I think I got my black belt when I was like eight or nine. Okay. Um, and then I definitely remembered how to do certain like kicks and I was way more flexible and stronger than I would have been if I didn't do Taekwondo because there's like a bunch of conditioning involved. But um, I like remember like tornado kick and that was about it. And then like, uh, I'd, like later I actually ended up working in the same Taekwondo studio that like uh, the dude was like teaching me at. And he gave me a job teaching tricking to his demo students. And it was like the dopest thing. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That That is kind of cool. And you know what's funny? I was like watching some samplers of yours with a, a trick, an old school tricker named Kyle McLean, who was like a pioneer in our sport back in the days. And uh, I showed him one of your samplers. And one of the things we were impressed with was like not only the complexity of your combos but between the transitional moves, but like the fact that you had super clean box cutters and stuff like that. And now it all kind of makes sense that you understand kicking, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like the, definitely going back and working in the Taekwondo studio and having to teach like kicking and doing like uh, like target breaking and everything, like doing it myself, like that helped my kicking so much. Like it was actually having to spot my targets again. And I was like, okay, we got to get back to being Marshall. <laughs> yes, man. That's crazy. That's super, super crazy. And now like as far as uh, your Taekwondo career was concerned, like did you ever compete as well or is it mostly just you got your black belt and then moved on to gymnastics? I don't believe I ever actually competed. Um, when I was working at this Taekwondo studio, I was like their demo coach, but I also competed, which I feel like is like a little, uh, like that's a little unfair, but like, <laughs> like I was legit doing like mad tricking combos on like the mats and everyone else was like, what the fuck is this? Like, how is he doing this? <laughs> so like, that was like the only time I really competed, but it was like really low key. Like I literally just like popped in the tournament, like kind of as a coach, which was like, <laughs> totally man that's cool man and, and i only bring it up because like obviously tricking is one of those sports now where for some kids in our community it's the first sport that they've ever touched in general uh you know it, it's crazy and not to say that you need a martial arts background because shose for example was a b-boy first he didn't do martial arts but i do see like a really big comparison and link between guys that did martial arts like guthrie Martial artist Jacob Pinto. So perfect, you know, everything's perfect. You just so you can just tell. You're just like that dude did some martial arts. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, man. Well, that's cool, man. Uh, it's super, super uh, amazing, and like that's the point of these jam casts. Even I didn't know you did Taekwondo back in the day, man. That's sick. Yeah, it's a great uh, background builder. I think like, I'm super like fortunate to have done Taekwondo in the past. Hell yeah, man. That's super cool. Um, well, one of the things like that I noticed recently that I just wanted to ask about before we go on with the rest of the interview was a couple of weeks ago, you posted this like injury clip where it looked like your elbow or something. Just what, what happened and what was the diagnosis? Are you all good? So I like, haven't gone to the doctor, which is bad. Cause like I, I can go and just go get that checked out. But I was like, you know what? We're going to just like, I feel like I just subluxed it. Okay. And I just popped it out, popped it in, got some micro tears because instantly it hurt a lot but I got like full mobility back. And I was wow. like, okay, this is fine. Like it, I didn't dislocate it because I know I can move this thing around right now. And then like, it still is like a little tight in spots, but like I literally did like a TDR triple court the other day and it didn't hurt. Okay. Uh, it was, granted, I wasn't supposed to be doing it. I was literally just doing a combo and then I was like gonna do a raise and then my hand just happened to come down. I was like, all right, well, we're here now. <laughs> You're like, that's the live test. <laughs> It, it didn't hurt. I was like, we're good. It's just like a little tight, but it, that was like two or three weeks ago. It looks ridiculous. It looks 
like I literally just destroyed everything in my elbow, especially because I added that terrible sound effect, which I'm sure ruined so many people's day. <laughs> I was going to ask you, was like, I was like, did this guy do this on purpose? And I watched it back. I was like, oh, he's just trolling us all right now. Dude, I'm just trolling the shit out of everybody. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're still good, man, because obviously the community wants to see the constant releasing of footage and you haven't stopped by any means. Um, one of the things that was cool though, was like back when I, I think the first time we met in person officially was, uh, I think trick different in Colorado Springs. Yeah, I think it was trick different. I think it was. And, uh, you threw down at the battles, absolutely killed the sessions. But I think one of the things that stuck out to me more than anything was, um, I talked to a lot of kids that weekend about like their goals in life and what their focus was. And a lot of them were asking me about the entertainment industry, but you always seem someone that was really steadfast and committed to going to school right now. And is that the reason why you relocated to Colorado? Um, I am going to school out here. Um, I'm, I'm a biology major. I'm looking to go into sports medicine probably. Um, and I'm also just I like the cap. That's half the reason. The other half of the reason was because like the Colorado tricking community, like I visited out here for like DMG and it was like my first time being at a Colorado gathering and it literally just blew me away. Like everyone here is like so hospitable and so friendly and everyone here is like literally just a legend in tricking too. So it's crazy. Um, and so I just moved into like a community of absolute homies. And so it's been a blessing and a never ending gathering ever since I moved here. So it's, it's, it's a vibe. <laughs> and then at the current time you're living in a, like, you know, for lack of a better term, a tricker house right now with Alex Kerwood and Jordan. Uh, I was actually, so I was living at Torque for a couple months. Okay. Um, like actually because of Corona, my dorm shut down and I was just staying in a dormitory and then, uh, the Torque guys like. They like helped me out and I was able to like stay with them like super impromptu. I was just like, yo, I just need a place to stay. Like we got you. And for like the next four months, like I stayed at their house. Um, and then, uh, I just moved out actually of the Torque house and we are now in the new house called the Greenhouse Ooh. with, uh, Jake Linval, Quentin and Stephen French. Wow. So y'all got a bunch of trigger houses over there. It's crazy. Yeah, dude. Actually, you know, what's crazy is the other three people in the house right now are, uh, Chris Cerna house, Eric Howard and Andrew fucking court. No way. What is, what is he doing there? Is he just visiting? He's like downstairs right now. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Did Andrew move there or is he just visiting you guys? Uh, he is planning on moving into the spring. So he's probably going to be like an hour away. But he is just living with us until they kind of establish like a permanent housing situation. That is wild, man. Colorado's always been popping off, whether it's tricking or parkour, you know? Dude, it's like so crazy. Like people just like visit and then we just convince them to stay. <laughs> It's <laughs> like, hey, just come back out here. Just uh, <laughs> reel them in, you know. Like, so I gotta ask you, like, wh where are you originally from? So super originally, I was born in Connecticut, uh, born in Stamford, Connecticut, and I moved to Maryland when I was really young, like four or five, and then I lived in Maryland until I was about twelve, and I moved down to Georgia, and that's actually where I started tricking was in Georgia, uh, Augusta, Georgia. And then I moved back up from Georgia to finish and graduate from high school um, in 2017 um, in Maryland. And I finished in like Glen Elg, Maryland. And then I moved out here just August of last year. So I've been out here for a year and it's been incredible. Like Colorado so far has been like my favorite place that I've lived like by far. There's so many crazy landscapes you can drive to like within an hour. And just the amount of triggers is overwhelmingly amazing. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a dope spot. My, uh, my little sister and her husband and newborn son, they live out in Denver. So I frequent there as much as I can. But one thing I got to ask you was, did you notice a difference between the elevation training when you got there? Yes. All right. So my very first time in Colorado, actually, it was like DMG. 
And I remember coming in and I was like, dude, I'm so excited. And then like my nose just started bleeding. I was like, why is this happening? <laughs> I was having to drink so much water. And then I got to the first session and I felt like I had a fever or something. Like I, I like was like so fatigued in like my balance and the gravity, like center of gravity felt so off. And I realized I was just like experiencing a weird elevation sickness for like the first day. After that, like I slept it off and I felt fine the next day. But dude, the fucking first day I felt so off. It was the strangest feeling like in training, like tricking, doing like super hard exercise with that, like weird gravity imbalance, or just like me being fucked by the elevation. I was just like, dude, no. <laughs> Yeah, the first time I went and did parkour outside, I was gassed so quick, and I was like, "I'm not out of shape. This is this is something different." And then I remember the f- breathe up here right Bro. now. <laughs> and then I remember the There's first time lack I- of oxygen to my brain, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then the first time I drank a beer, I was like, "Oh, it's different up here. It's definitely." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's wild, man. So, yo, like with uh, with everything that's going on right now, like how do you find the balance between school? Are you uh, do you have a different schedule because of COVID during this fall semester or have you not started yet? I'm a completely online student this semester, which is kind of nice because like I can be completely remote. So I can just kind of go wherever and do my work done, uh, get my work done like whenever I need to. Um, It's definitely not as engaging. And I have something like a two hour and 45 minute lab that I just sit there and like I just watched the person do the lab. I'm like, this is the least engaging way to do the lab. But, you know, we gotta do what we gotta do. Um, like, I, I didn't sign up for classes in person because I figured that they were just gonna get shut down again. So I just chose remote classes. And that way, if they do get screwed, I'm not screwed. And I can just be remote anyway. And this is actually really nice because in a couple, I think it's like in a week, I'm gonna head down to South Carolina for Scott Fest. And I wouldn't be able to do that if I just had my semester. Nice, dude. Are you, uh... Are you going to make it to Shant Jam also or just Scott Fest? How, how close are those two events? Are they, are they like the same date? Like if they're like around the same date, then um, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just bummed because I was supposed to go to Scott Fest, but because of my knee, I'm going to just play it safe and just wait till next year. True, 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 true. Heck. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I might have to take an organic chemistry exam during Scott Fest, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a gathering to remember if you pull that off. <laughs> It'll be like... All right, what's the dipole interaction between these two polar molecules? Go! Triple cork! It's going to be a terrible time. That's funny, man. And so, like, uh, just to put it in, like, relative terms for people, because, like, like I said, I think it's uh, something super unique that you're actively really pursuing your higher education at this point. A lot of kids either, like, drop out or just get their focus on to just making money immediately. How many hours a week do you spend studying for school comparative to how many hours a week are you training tricking? Hmm. Um... Let's see, I, I used to train a lot more since my injury, like I've been training a lot less, but I used to train almost like every other day if I could, like every day. And the sessions would be typically two to three hours, maybe longer. Um, and then when it comes to like uh, classes, I usually have like um, a bunch of classes on like a Monday, Wednesday, and like Thursday, and I have like a Tuesday and Friday where I just do like almost all of my work. And so like on those Tuesdays and Fridays, I'll, I'll just sit down and literally just like fucking go for hours. So it is a nice break because like on that Tuesday, I'm usually just like resting. And then usually we have like a really fire cat session at the end of the day. So like I'll get my work done all morning and like have no classes and anything else to do, maybe edit. 
And then after all of that is done, I will go to session and literally just go so hard because I've been working all day and I just need to get that shit out of me, bro. I'm like, let's go. So Tuesday sessions are high. <laughs> Hell yeah. I know that's the one that we missed too. I'm so bummed. And like with your training sessions, how do you approach them systematically? Like, do you go in there with a list of tricks you want to drill? Do you go in there certain days to clean up stuff or do you just kind of go with the flow? So I definitely plan out um, certain combos and things and I'll write them down. But then when I find when I actually get to session, I'll very rarely actually look at my notes. I usually just go with the flow of the session and I find it's actually easier and better for the session usually for me to just go with how my body's feeling. Because if I am trying a crazy combo that I wrote down last night, it's like not the same as actually being there and going like, okay, so these are my circumstances now. They, I, I was like thinking way too highly of myself last night, I guess, because I'm not doing that combo right now. <laughs> so I usually just go with the flow of the session and that usually ends up being like the best session. Like when I was gonna do that cork in and when I actually did do that cork in, like I didn't plan on kind of like going in and do the cork in that day. I was just gonna go in and have a strong session. I literally taught Levi a private lesson for the first hour and I was just warming up really slow. And then we finished the lesson and I was like, you know, I feel good, I'm gonna just go do cork in now. And he goes, oh, nice. Nice. And then three tries later, we just did cork it. <laughs> no way. And is that a move that you had like trained up to and like been ready mentally? Or did you just know you had the height off your set? Just like, it kind of was one of those tricks where it was just like, yo, it's time. I hadn't trained it too much. I had one session before Corona hit where I like really trained it and I like sprained my ankle doing it. And then I sent it on grass for some reason. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the session came where I just finally did it once my ankle was healed. And I was like, Bang. Now I just need my elbow to heal so I can do TD or quad core. That Although, you know, we could just do like the aerial semi-raise and just send that quad. You don't need arms. That was my question I had for you next was, are you chasing the quad and have you attempted any at all thus far? Or what's, what's the closest you've gotten so far? I've done one quad core attempt ever. And I was like in, I think it's in swing theory. Mm -hmm. um, it's like the, the day with like all those crazy combos. Um, I tried quad core and I got around to like three and a half and fell on the bottom. I'm definitely going to try it again, and I feel like I definitely could do it now that, like, now that I've seen how much height I can get out of a cork in, I'm like, bro, this is silly. Like, I could be doing this. I just got to, like, learn that uh, the flip-twist ratio, because I find I'm, like, usually, like, it's really hard to stay in that barrel and then not over-flip or just, like, have something weird happen. I'm going to study the shit out of, like, Tiki's. I really like Tiki's quad cork. Mm. Um, he just stands so fucking hard, dude. Yeah, man. Also, just... Tiki in general is like so ridiculous right now. His, his zero one two three was flawless. His two two three was flawless, bro. Don't get it? He's killing it. Yeah, man. Shout out to him. man. I've been seeing him kill it on the trampoline as well, doing these crazy like I think he did quad quad the other day. Mind bending tramp combos. I don't understand. Don't understand. Is trampoline a tool that you you utilize in your training, or are you more so just used to training on the floor? Um, I definitely used to use tramp a lot more. Um, when I have like a nice tramp setup, I definitely go in and I usually just love doing big twisting combos and it definitely helps me uh, play with like bigger variations where I wouldn't really want to try them on ground yet. Once um, on tramp is definitely like a safer way to learn it. Um, and I think you can definitely like play around with the text, not as worried about falling or anything. And like the, the like uh, potential for like injury and risk is a lot lower, but like it also depends on the tramp. Cause like, the one we have outside, like I don't mess with that cause there's no net. And it's just rocks and fence around it. I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm glad I, I'm not the only one. I absolutely hate tricking on backyard tramps, especially if there's no fence, bro. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait, if that's a net, I'm chilling. Like, I'll send some stuff. But like, if it's like sketch too, and like pretty 
like in a location where if you fall off that tramp, you're having a bad time. I'm like, I'm gonna cut my losses. <laughs> and so for like a move like quad cork that you have in your mind that you know you're, it's within the realm and grasp of your abilities, what do you think it's going to take you in order to, to pull it off? Are you waiting for like a certain session and a feeling like snatch cannon kind of was, or are you going to wait to like systematically approach it? It would be like a certain session where it just like happens. But I think I also just need to drill a lot of triple corks. I need to do some quad folds again. I haven't done quad in a while. Um, and I think just doing that and studying how um, it seems that everyone that's done quad cork does one certain thing in common. They all stand up really hard to get into that crazy uh, like flip twist ratio. They stand up super hard out of their TDR or whatever setup it was. Um, and so I just need to replicate that. So I don't think I'm standing up as hard as they are. And I need to really just drill triple cork until I can like float out of it a good bit more and then i can really just smash it yeah. it'll just take some time and a lot of filming and a lot of falling <laughs> and, f and for someone that's as like analytical as you are with your tricking and stuff like that are you someone that's constantly reviewing footage every session or how do you approach it yeah, like, literally i'll like film an attempt and then like sit down and watch that attempt because like i know how it felt but there might be a certain thing that i just can't feel that i'm doing wrong and so if I look at that clip and I can actually change something, I'm not wasting energy doing the same thing again. And I'm like, I'm just going to get tired doing that. And I, I really, that, that gets uh, frustrating too, is if you don't feel any progress. So I find like, if I literally just sit down and breathe with each clip, I have a bit more energy and I'm a bit more focused on each attempt. And I can make each attempt a lot better. And it's not just like attempt, attempt, attempt. Like each one is like strategically trying to get better and closer to my final goal. Totally. And now I ask this question just simply because of your age, like you're at an age where you're way younger than someone like myself, but do you do anything as far as warm up and recovery is concerned? Or are you able to just pretty much go at all times? Um, because I am 19, I can kind of go at all times, but, um, it definitely helps when I am like conditioning. Um, when I was longboarding very regularly in between sessions, I found that it was kind of hurting my imbalances a little bit because like obviously you're only using one leg but it was also really helping strengthen my legs so i was like going out and i was getting just the lactic acid out after session and i was really helping like even just like i can usually help tricking with more tricking and just have a lighter session and that helps get the lactic acid out but um i definitely try and do active warm-ups before a session i'll like stretch after session um and we have like a bunch of massage guns in the house so honestly like i'll just like hit up a roommate and I'll have them like get two at a time and then just like fuck me up with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that person that usually does that is uh, actually right here. Mr. Stephen French is chilling right here. He's <laughs> <a junkie. laughs> MVP of the recovery game. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. That's cool. And now with the martial arts background involved as well and like with the kicks that you're able to pull off, is there uh, any flexibility that you maintain for martial arts? Like, do you have only active flexibility or are you pretty static flexible as well? So I think I did, I was my most flexible when I was like 14 <laughs> in my, in, in that tumbling phase because like they made me do so much stretching and that actually helped me for like the longest time and it like my dynamic flexibility is still I think really good but my static flexibility has suffered because I haven't been stretching after session as much and I like I remember I was watching um, like during like near like the beginning of Corona, you guys like posted like a, a stretching routine on uh, like Jam's YouTube. And I remember we watched that. I watched it with Kerwood and I was trying to do the stretches and I was dying, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh, that's funny. Do you find any link though between uh, having too much flexibility? I've talked to a few high level trickers where they say that like if they're too flexible, they actually feel like they don't have the fast twitch muscles to explode. Yes. I was gonna say when I like just have like a really big stretch session or like I do try and like really like get loose before a session, I lose some of my explosiveness. And so I think like yeah, like overstretching before a session could definitely impact like how explosive you feel at session for sure. Um, not that you want to be tight or anything, but <laughs> but you want to be comfortable and not so loose that you're just like wow, I kind of feel like a noodle right now. And so with that being said, I got to ask this because I've seen you at a few gatherings, including the one that I flew you out to for the jam gathering last year. One of the things you're known for is throwing down at every session. How do you get through those gathering weekends? Is it just strictly adrenaline and being stubborn? It's like I literally just feed off of the energy of everyone else, bro. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I can't not trick. Like, everyone here is so crazy and like so much good energy in the room. I'm just like, I'm like, we got to go now. <laughs> So it is, it is crazy how that infinite energy kind of just kicks in and gathering. But then I just like die and just sleep for a couple days after the session. <laughs> Getting back from gathering, I'm just like vegged out for just a couple days. Like got to like get that lactic acid out. Just recover for like a week. Yes. <laughs> and now one of the things that's cool about like this generation of trickers that is so different than like guys that were back in my days is the amount of footage that you guys are constantly releasing on social media, whether it be Instagram or YouTube or any of these social media platforms at these days. So when you put out these samplers, do you go there with the intention of filming a sampler or is it just collected footage from somebody on the outside filming you? Um, I usually do just go to collect footage, but on certain sessions, like if I know I'm going to hit a combo that I would want to be in a sampler, I will definitely take a specific approach with how it's filmed. Usually, like that's like at the very least, I'll like make sure whoever is filming this combo knows how to use my camera, and that's it. <laughs> because like um, DSLRs are decently easy to use, but mine doesn't have an auto setting, and so especially the focus, the autofocus is broken. So if you don't know how to manually focus my camera, the shot will suck. And the viewfinder is cracked. Yep, and the viewfinder is cracked. So like, there, there, there are issues you've got to go through, bro. But the one person that I know uses my camera like super well at every session is Jordan Alexander. So most of the clips in most of my samples are filmed by Jordan. Hey, super dope. And then who does the editing on the majority of them? I know like some of them are edited by other people, but do you do them yourself also? I edited, I think, almost every sampler this year. Um, the lap, the only person that I would usually hand my edits off to was Jaden Anderson. And Max Green has edited like uh, one or two of my samplers. But, um, oh, and ZB Flips has made some really cool edits, although I don't think I actually have any on my channel. Um, he made EA Sports, which is fucking sick. It was like a duo edit of me and uh, Andrew. But most of my samplers that I put on my channel are edited by me. And if they're not, I would uh, put otherwise. Okay. And then just as like a personal question between, you know, videos from like uh, the Concrete Session to Swing Theory to ET to SOB, is there one that stands under your mind as your favorite one or the one that you're most proud of? I think ET has some of like my favorite, like most intricate combos. Son of a bitch has like some great, uh, like really, really great like intricate combos too. Like I'm, I'm like having so much more fun playing with stances now that um, I'm like really understanding how to like transition in between them. But I think my favorite, like just like big compilation sampler right now uh, might be like uh, a year to remember because it has literally all of like 2019 that like was like a super big year for me. But uh, I don't know, like one of my other favorite samples is Home. Um, it was like a tribute, um, kind of a tribute. I literally just used the same song as the NTVS Trigger House sampler, which is legendary. So I was hype. <laughs> That's it's always dope. a good vibe. 
And like SOB, was that one session or did it just look like one session? That is like, I think three, maybe it's like three or four cat sessions. Um, the, all the clips from like where I'm wearing that kind of colored polo are from the same day. Um, but um, the other, I think sessions, like, like two other sessions or something. But yeah, a lot of just like crazy Tuesday cat sessions produced all of that footage. Every session's been a mini gathering. Dude, it is crazy. Yeah, so many people will like come up and like pull up and throw down like, in between me doing all those combos, there's like Chris doing snatch cannon and like Andrew doing full in and just like the crazy, everyone's like landing new dub dubs and everything. I'm like, ah. <laughs> we have 25% of the snatch cannoners in the world in this house. That's really <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty wild. Colorado stand up, right? That's wild, yo. That's so wild, man. There's got to be something with the elevation, dog. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. It's something in the air. <laughs> That's cool, man. And now, uh, along the lines of, like, um, kind of, like, your tricking career and stuff like that, I know two uh, things that you're kind of closely linked to um, is being, like, a torque athlete as well as being an Adrenaline Worldwide pro. Uh, how did that come about, and how did you get introduced and become a part of both of those? Um, I remember I was, like, on my way to Loop Kicks, I think, like, 2018, and I remember just getting a message from... Um, torque on instagram and they're just like yo like we're adding like a couple new people to the team and at the same time i think sebastian was also getting this message and like we were just both so stoked to like join the team and like literally just got like yeah like an instagram dm like i was on my way to a gathering he was on his way to the same gathering and we both got there i'm like did you just get signed by torque he was like yeah did you i was like yeah i was like sick so uh and then uh i think we just uh i got to move to colorado like last year and really get to hang out with everyone and really start designing and creating with torque which is a lot more fun um getting to be like a part of the process like in person so being out here like by the torque torque house hq it's mad fun um and then uh with adrenaline um signed with them last year um i remember that had been um i think a thought on their mind for a while to add me to the team and because i've been doing like i remember just like i think it was neo six they announced me as like an adrenaline exclusive athlete um i remember that happening and then uh like the next year i did like a 2v2 with brandon davis and uh tiki and jj and they like flew me out for that and that was really fun and then i think sh just shortly after that like uh we like moved forward to like signing like a pro contract and everything but both have been super helpful and I'm very grateful for both of those opportunities and have been super fun. And hopefully when Corona like uh, dies down and like we're able to move on with our lives, like I, I can start like doing more cool shit with them because like right now the world's kind of on pause. Yeah, man. And that's one of the things that I wanted to touch on and not to be controversial or anything like that, but you know, within our small tricking community, there's been so much dissension and obviously negative attention towards adrenaline in a lot of ways. But one thing that always blows my mind is that individuals like Shosei, Michael Guthrie, Alexander Anderson, yourself are all signed to the same company. And for people in the community to, uh, to hear it from your own voice that like you're, you're an athlete of theirs, I think will speak volumes. Like has your experience always been positive and what's, what's made you stay like affiliated with them despite some of the negative attention, I guess, from outsiders. Um, I guess I am just, um, I'm looking forward to seeing how, like, what a professional tricking athlete can be, and like, if I can make a living through tricking. Um, they like the marketing is definitely not as much towards like the tricking community itself. I've found as it is more to like the sport karate realm, and I think a lot of people notice that. 
and so they, they don't think it, it is as associated with the tricking, but they've been in the tricking community for a long time. Um, but that's not needless to say they've been in the tricking community for a long time without making mistakes. Um, mistakes have definitely been made. And um, like, uh, I remember like with loop kicks happened this year, um, I remember Taka and I were gonna like uh, go out there and they would have had like King of the Floor canceled. And I was pretty bummed about that. I really, honestly wasn't a fan of being used to uh, cancel that event. Even though I know that like it's just because like adrenaline wants to us to not be affiliated with Bear Health Team, even though I love Bear Health Team, they're literally the fucking goats, bro. It's, it's, it's a tough, tough situation. situation. That, it always irks me. It always irks me. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's, a, it's a tough situation for me because like uh, you know McGuire and them have always been so great to me. I've always supported their events, been judges, yeah. you know. And at the same time, you know, uh, Keenan's a sponsored athlete at Jam. Like, I let him train there in exchange for, you know, posting and stuff, so it's Bro, tough. He is the G. He is the man. It's, it's a tough one. But yeah, no, it, it sucks. It sucks. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's, like such, it's such a thing to get into. Like, I don't even, I don't even know if we want to get into it. <laughs> Yeah, but I think at the end of the day, the most important thing is just that like individuals like yourself clearly are still aligned with it. So it still holds like some weight in our community and it should be respected, you know? Yeah. Like I think as long as nobody is, you know, I don't even know where I was going with that. But yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it has potential. Like at the, at the end of the day, it has potential. Um, potential, to be, potential to be good or bad. And we just have to see. One hundred percent. And now, someone like yourself, that obviously is an adrenaline pro, and also from the gatherings that I've seen you at live in person, uh, you're always someone that doesn't shy away from battling. And now, is that something that you've always been a fan of, or at what point in your career did you realize, like, okay, I want to get out here and start putting myself to the test against other tricks? So, uh, I actually don't enjoy battling. Wow. I'm like not joking. Like, I really just love sessioning. I just love tricking. I don't enjoy a competitive aspect to something that I believe is just kind of like art. Um, and so I just enjoy like the way I can force myself to enjoy battling is when I go onto the floor and I just think about it like it's a session with me and the other person and that's it. And we're just going to have fun with each other and just kind of like see what happens for like the next 15 minutes and just throw down bangers and that's it. And I just try and go into it like with a fun mindset like and that's why I don't like ever really like do any crazy taunts or anything. I just land my trick and I'm like, yeah, nice. All right, let's go. <laughs> 100 so it's like this is what i did this is what you did your shit was dope my shit was dope like all right let's see who thinks it was doper like so 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 i gotta ask then how do you always end up wrapped up in these battles does someone come up and convince you to do them or yeah but usually usually someone's just like you try and battle and i'm not gonna say no (laughs) (laughs) that's funny man that's super funny is it something that you get nervous before about or do you like construct your combos once you know that you are battling like if i haven't planned anything i'm usually a little nervous but then at the same time i can pretty much like impromptu something that could be pretty gnarly but we will see (laughs) usually it's like um, i'm nervous until i get up on the floor and then i'm like let's get a baby Hell yeah. No, that's super, super funny, man. And so like at this point in your career, like a lot of people obviously are watching your tricks constantly. Do you feel any pressure from the community right now to constantly push yourself and land new stuff? Or do you still feel that you're just tricking like for your own personal satisfaction at this point? Um, I mean, I definitely like realize and know that there are a lot of people that like watch my tricking and maybe like have expectations for me to land certain things. I certainly get like comments every now and then. I was like, do this trick, please. I'm like, sure. Like I'll try it eventually. But um, I, I like always at the end of the day, I just trick for myself because I enjoy tricking. Okay. okay. 
That's a, that's a good. That's a solid answer. <laughs> it's also the safe way to do it. I feel like when people start chasing cloud or chasing, you know, recommendations and comments, that's a surefire way to get hurt. Yo, dude, like, I'm not a, I'm not a cloud chaser. Like, I'm just trying to have fun, bro. <laughs> And now this is something that we kind of always ask people and uh, it's not because you're like different by any means, but how did you pick your tricking direction? Mm. So the direction I took in tricking, I think stemmed a lot from just um, my favorite like tricker to watch, which was Michael Guthrie and still is because just his execution of everything and just his creativity in terms of like using all of the stances and the way that he uh, is able to use his momentum through each trick and he's building momentum through the combo. I was always like, I was like in complete admiration of that. I was like, this is crazy. This man is a master of momentum. So I've always wanted to be able to move like that. And that I think has shaped my tricking style a good bit. Okay. And is there anyone else in the community that you've always watched? Like we mentioned earlier, you've been watching Tiki lately and obviously the first guys you were exposed to. One of my favorite trickers as well. Um, I love watching Eduardo Ruvalcaba. I love watching, um, I love watching Ott. He actually has some of my favorite samples of all time. Um, Pierre Van Der Ah, I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly, but he makes some of the craziest samplers. Um, one of my favorite samplers from him is Tohu Bohu. Um, and he just, it's like art, bro. It's literally just like on another level of sampler. Um, but I love watching those people in particular. They have really, really clean and really, really um, efficient tricks. And that's what I'm thinking. I'm really about like efficiency in your movement. Like a lot of my tricks back, like when I was younger, they look super bullshit and super muscle. And like, I really don't like looking at my old footage like that. And now that I look at my tricks now, I'm like, dude, it, everything, it actually looks smooth and it's efficient and it looks good. And so that is, I think what I'm after the most in my tricking is like efficiency and fluency. And what, what was it that unlocked that difference? Cause like for me, from my perspective, like I said, someone that's watched your tricking career for the amount of time that it's been, there was a certain point when you all of a sudden started adding a lot of stance changes and more so intricate transitions. Like what was it that stemmed that on and made you change? Um, I think I was like getting too much like into just chasing the big power tricks and doing just like certain things and rushing through the combo. And I think there was a point when I just started to really film myself and slow down and focus on each trick in the combo and make each trick as good as it could be in the combo, not just rushing through to build momentum in the end. Because I found like when you rush each trick, like, it doesn't really work. Like I thought you could just like send power through every trick and it would work. And I was like completely unaware of like, there's so much finesse and patience that takes to like actually do this combo well. And so I think it was definitely a lot of uh, increasing the amount of, that I filmed my tricks that I could really watch what I was doing. And also just watching a lot more samplers. like. I like literally just picked up on just like watching so many samplers and just studying, studying so much. <laughs> and what, what percentage of your life, you know, although it's probably hard to put a metric or a number on this, but like what percentage of your life do you think is consumed by tricking? Are you constantly watching videos all day and night? Are you thinking about it all the time? Or are you someone that just compartmentalizes and then focuses when you need to and then does school the other time? Like 80% of my day probably <laughs> is like editing, tricking, filming, tricking, going to session, thinking about tricking, hanging with trickers, doing some kind of tricker thing. And then the other 20% is like, all right, let me, uh, let me go do some stuff. <laughs> let me go do some adult stuff. Heck yeah. That's cool, man. It's good to see. It's like a commonality that you see amongst a lot of, you know, for lack of a better term, high level trickers, guys like Pinto and Guthrie would train six to eight hours a day. They said, I'm like, that's yeah, literally like, if I could be training all day, I would just be training all day. Like it's the best. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Hell yeah. And so what advice do you have for, let's say, like a young kid right now that's wanting to get into tricking and they look at someone as yourself as like an inspiration to themselves and, and maybe the moves you're doing are a little too far for them to think they could ever reach? What advice would you have to them as far as where they should start and what they should do in order to continue to make those level ups like you have? Um, I would say a great place to start is if like, let's say there aren't any instructors near you or people that teach tricking or there's like no gyms or anything. No one around you that even knows about tricking. If you have a little bit of money and some access to the internet, go to Kojo's Trick Lab. Like that is, I think the best resource right now. Um, like honestly, in terms of just like the quality of the uh, tutorials, like he's putting out the, the new mastering series. And I'm actually gonna be helping him with that, producing the really, really, um, just trying to make the best tutorial on this trick that's ever been done. And so we're gonna be putting like a month's work into each tutorial and putting those up. And those are gonna be, I think, super helpful and really help people learn uh, and get like super nuanced information on some really uh, basic tricks all the way up to some super high level tricks. So that is the number one resource, I think. Um, I think what is gonna really help keep you tricking is like, I used to train alone all the time and I, had occasional motivational problems, but like training alone can definitely be something that you can do as long as I feel like you uh, maybe maybe reach out to someone on the internet and start like um, like doing like virtual like sessions with them or something. But um, I always found that like training alone for like the longest time does start to get demotivating. So if you don't have anyone around you, like reach out online into the community and like like posting footage is a way to engage with the community. Um, like getting feedback and just like uh, getting other ways to motivate yourself to continue tricking. Otherwise, I found like you find yourself getting into plateaus and it's not even that like you can't do the other tricks and that's why you're plateauing. It could literally just be a mindset thing and that's why you're plateauing. You're just like, dude, like I suck. Like that's why I can't do this trick and that's not true. Like you gotta take that shit off its pedestal and just fucking slay it. And sometimes all it takes is just like that homie going like, yo, send that shit, go, quit being a bitch, like, do it. And so having, like, trickers, especially out here in Colorado, has made me so much more motivated to get a lot better at tricking. I think since I moved out here, I've landed so many new tricks and so many dream tricks of mine, and that's because I have this crazy community supporting me. Um, training alone, like, back in Georgia, or not alone, but, like, not with, like, a lot of trickers, um, definitely, like, it doesn't... It doesn't help. <laughs> it doesn't help. So having a lot of triggers around you, I think definitely helps. But if you don't have that access to a lot of triggers like in person, then reach out to the online community. Like there are people that will like help you out, like give you tips and just like post footage, get feedback. I think one of the most motivating things to do for yourself is to make samplers of yourself so that you can watch your own tricks and get hype on your own tricks to go do better tricks and make them better. So I think one of the def one of the big things for sure would be like make samples of yourself. You're never you're never like, like, I was gonna say like, uh, some people may think like, oh, I'm not good enough to make a sampler. Like, dude, no, like just film anything. Like it doesn't even have to, it could be like a couple tricks and you fucking around with your friends. Like it's, it's literally just you expressing yourself in the video. Um, and like another thing is like, some people think they're not good enough to go to gatherings. And that's ridiculous because like, this is the sport where like, you can come up to the gathering, you can fucking just talk to Michael Guffrey and like, let's say you run basketball like you don't get to walk up to lebron james in the first day and be like what's up dude nah this is tricky there is no hierarchy you come in you just come hang you throw bangers with everyone and you get to experience the love and like the acceptance of the tricking community and i think that's one of like the most beautiful things about tricking for sure dude that that's like 
I think that's one of the, the dopest statements that I've ever heard that was like the uh, accessibility that we have to some of the goats and legends of our sport is so insane yeah. comparative to other sports. It's so incredible. It's one of my favorite things about the community. 100. And now we kind of already touched on it with the talks about you probably eventually going for quad cork, but I got two uh, kind of a two part question. One, is there a trick of yours that is your favorite to do or practice? And two, are there any dream tricks still on the list since now you've landed snatch cannon? Mm. So one of my favorite tricks recently to do is just a snapboo. And that's just because my snapboo has gotten so much better to the point where I can just like have fun swinging out of it. And one of my dream tricks that I really want to do is just snapboo swing triple cork. Like I feel like that's going to feel ridiculous. And then I have this footage and I haven't posted it anywhere because it got way too close for me to post it and then someone else land it is a side swipe semi front swing Cali roll. And I'm, I literally got way too close to it, bro. And like, Whoa. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it like next week or some shit. And then like, we're gonna post it. Really good. Dude, on the <laughs> island at Scottfest, maybe. <laughs> that will be wild, bro. There, there's an old video of me from like 10 years ago at this like loop kicks white Lotus uh, gathering where I go for a 540 Miss Lake Cali roll. And as soon as I land, Jeremy Marinas walks up and goes, don't do that again. You're going to break your knee. <laughs> but it's on camera, so it's tight. And, and Jeremy walks up to me on camera. Crazy, dude. Crazy. Oh, that, that is funny, bro. Yeah, I'll have to show you the clip, bro. It's pretty bananas that I even tried it. <laughs> yeah, bro. I was... And you know why? It was at a gathering and I was just hyped. I would never, ever go for that. You're just like, dude, I can fucking miss like trip. I can miss like fucking anything right now. <laughs> the difference between that double seven though and the Cali roll is so crazy because I can cheat seven and I can do aerial semi cheat yeah. seven all day or like aerial semi snapu. But that Cali roll, it's too much. It's too much. Like, <laughs> I'm just like watching like uh, Haruki, I think, has been doing some banging Cali rolls recently. And I'm like, how do you, how you do that, bro? Yeah. All the Vola tricks. How are you so good? You're they, all amazing. They, if you're watching this, I love all of you. <laughs> they, got, they got that rap triple game on lock too. Every one of them can do rap triple. <clears throat> it's crazy. Heck yeah. Well, yo, man, um, along the lines of like the, the dream moves that you're obviously going to do, just as a general question, uh, what goals do you have for yourself in tricking? Obviously, you're pursuing school right now, and you mentioned that you want to get into, you know, a, a career probably based on that. But like what personal goals do you have in tricking at such a young age? So I've always wanted to travel for tricking and like travel the world, really. So when I think when I think the world opens up a good bit, I'm going to try and really do like some kind of world tour. Um, probably not just like all at once, but if it could be all at once, it'd be really tight. Um, and just living in certain places for, um, like maybe like a week or two and just taking my camera with me and maybe even renting or getting a, a nicer camera to film a really good, like sampler, like a really good sampler that spans my travels of the entire world and like having so many gatherings and so many just amazing moments to capture and this will be something for the community but also something for me when i like look back on it, i'm old as shit i can watch myself travel the world and do crazy tricks with my favorite like trickers all over the world so that's something i really want to do um and then other than that i would just like to yeah just honestly that that, that pretty much sums it up i want to travel the world meet all all the fucking trickers around the world and make a crazy sampler that i think i can share with everyone and look back on when i'm older Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, dude, you put it out there now. So, yo, everyone, when the world's back to normal, fly Ethan out to every gathering. And if any of you videographers want to make a sampler, hit my man up. Let's do it. <laughs> hell yeah, man. And so, like, this is a, this is a question I kind of 
ask everyone before we get out of here, just so that not only can we get a perspective into like where your mind's at, but also so that like we can look back on this same interview in a couple of years from now and see what you've accomplished and if you probably have succeeded it at that point. Um, and that's where do you see yourself five years from now and where do you see yourself 10 years from now? It could be tricking related or life related or both, you know? Five years from now, I hope I'm just like even better. <laughs> I, I, I guess like, <laughs> like, uh, and then in ten years, I hope I'm still banging tricks and like, I hope I'm I'm prudent enough at every session that I never get too risky and I send something that will mess my tricking career up for, like the rest of my life. Something that would like, some some kind of injury that I like, would not be able to come back from ever fully. So that's something I always have to keep in the back of my mind that if I want to be tricking in my thirties and I'm at this session, I'm like. Should I just do double cork in? That the answer is probably no. <laughs> so uh, definitely want to be able to continue tricking into my 30s, my 40s, um, and have met, I think, all of the trickers, or at least not, I, obviously, if I could meet every tricker, that'd be so tight. But uh, travel the world and, and meet uh, the trickers that I've been talking to online for years, maybe, or meet new trickers and go to like, new sessions and explore the world and trick in beautiful spots film incredible and beautiful samplers and really just uh enjoy tricking and enjoy what the the community has to offer i think hell yeah man well no i appreciate it man and more than anything this has been like a super cool talk not to talk down upon your age but you know for someone at 19 years of age you have like a very good head on your shoulders and it looks like you have a clear direction of where you want to take your life bro so hell yeah so uh, before we get out of here can you just let people know where they can follow you and stay up to date with the rest of your journey Hell yeah. So um, I post most of my tricking uh, clips on Instagram at Eton underscore TDR. Um, I also have a photography account, which is incredible. It's at Eaton Ass. Um, I think I, you should follow both of those if anything. And I post all of my samplers just on Ethan Turner on YouTube. So those would be the places to find me. Hell yeah. And we'll be sure to put it on the screen so people can check it out. Yo. Yo, so guys, as always, please be sure to hit that like button, comment, subscribe for brand new episodes each and every week. Join us every Monday for Jam Breakdowns and every Friday for brand new Jamcast, interviewing influential members of the movement community like Mr. Ethan Turner himself. So with that being said, guys, I need to give one more special shout out and thank you to Mr. Ethan Turner for coming through today. Yo, thank you so much for having me, Travis. It's always been a dream of mine to be on a Jamcast, so thank you again. Hell yeah, brother. And as always, guys, coming at you, coming through, I'm your host, Travis Wong. Thanks for joining us here on another Jamcast. Till next time, we'll see you all soon. Peace.